intro, bro. Do it, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 147, April 26, 2019. 91 degrees on this day in 1962, and 25 degrees on this day in 1907. And Aquaside, uh, will, they'll keep your lakeshore free of weeds. Uh, they bring you the ice out dates, which I just enjoy tremendously. This might be the most unpopular ice out date of the calendar. No ice outs on White Bear Lake that I could find on April 26, and only one for Lake Minnetonka, 1972. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Hurry up, Gary. Joe Sushire. Uh Jeff from Brooklyn Park reminds me it was 35 years ago today and tonight that a tornado struck the Apache Plaza Shopping Center. I remember that. I remember that. That would have been uh, 35, 1984? Mm-hmm. 35 years ago today. Wow. Isn't that something? Nice job in the math. I, I have to get... We have James Pepe. He's a Republican presidential candidate. He'll be joining us at 1230. We also have Patrick today for uh, the sports segment. Yes, right? sir. Uh, and in the meantime... Uh, I have to uh, apologize. I uh, I foghorned. Oh no! Uh, Boy, well, did you get some email on this one? Way to go! By the way, yeah. I also got email from uh, one emailer. Even said, "Well, when that John Camp guy started talking politics, I turn you off." Well, first of all, it's a podcast. You you really didn't turn us off. You could have jumped ahead or, sure. or done whatever you want. I've known he's my friend. I've known him for forty years. That's not the. I don't conduct my life by. Uh, I'm only going to talk to people I agree with. I, I'm That's the talk, beauty of this show. I'm going to talk yes. to. Every, I love Camp. He's my guy. He's my friend. I don't care that he thinks ocean levels are rising in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you, I, and I you, didn't. I didn't have time to educate. I said, John, I'm not arguing with you. I'm explaining why you're wrong. That's all. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Uh, he'll be, uh, if you catch this podcast in time, he'll be uh, Barnes & Noble in Roseville, Roseville tonight for the new book, Neon Prey. So in any event, to you people who are complaining to me about camp, uh, come on, that's not a GL way to look at it. We don't... The opposite, it's, yes. <laughs> that's that's antithetical to what we're up to. It, it's it's uh, We're willing to engage. It's the left that won't engage. Case so, in point, one of our rookie and I's really good friends, our buddy Ben. Yeah. The leftist, lefty oh, yeah. of all the lefties, flamer. listens every single day. But, but what I did enjoy about John Camp is even though he has left-minded politics, I liked to hear his take with the field of 20 people that yeah, are running for president. 17 of them terrified. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Dave Downing notes, uh, you foghorn two-year-old Cillian Jackson. Oh. Congratulations, you foghorned a saint. Yeah, so I looked it up. Yep. Irish saints. Patron saint of what? But it, I texted back to, uh, or I emailed back to Downing uh, when I looked it up. Uh, it's Killian uh, with a K, K-I-L-L-I-A-N. And this young uh, this young guy out in Farmington is C-I-L-L-I-A-N. 
But then Downing, uh, who he just won't take no for an answer. Of course not. He he emailed back same saint alternate spelling according to the info I found. And okay, then, uh, then that's doodling. Uh, that which is the reason no. for the foghorn initially. Nah, I don't think you're going to get away with this one. No. John uh, writes, uh, Joe had a problem with the kid's name, but I thought I recognized it as something legitimate. I found this online in several places. The name Cillian is a boy's name of Irish origin, meaning war, strife, or church. Uh, This classic Irish name, which is better known in this country by its phonetic form, Killian, K-I-L-L-I-N, is one of several newer recommended Gaelic choices that have entered the American name pool. Killian now stands at number 516 in the U.S., while Cillian, C-I-L-L-I-A-N, is 22, uh, the 22nd most popular name in its Irish homeland. There are several St. Cillians, including one who was sent to Bavaria to convert the natives and was martyred for his trouble. All right. The best-known contemporary bearer of the name is versatile actor Cillian Murphy. Never heard of that person. Mm. Uh, Patrick Wolfe, a Catholic priest who was instrumental in reviving native Irish mains names in that country after the war for independence from England in the 1920s, theorized that Cillian might also be related to a Gaelic name meaning war. I don't know how you take back a foghorn, but I think you should. Regards, John. Huh. How do you take back a foghorn? That is a good I think question. What's done is done, and we just uh, Saint Killian from Ireland, whose feast is July 8th. Yeah. is the patron saint of sufferers of rheumatism. Really? Yes. Uh, Tim writes, Cillian uh, is ranked number 17 on the list of most common We got a rank? Is it like names. a draft? It means little church, but if you insist on foghorning traditional Irish names, I suggest number 20 on that list, T-A-D-H-G. That's a name no one can pronounce or spell. tag then he says, as a ray of hope, the top five boys' names in Ireland are Jack, James, Noah, Connor, and Daniel. Hmm. Apparently, Irish mothers have not been infected with the doodle virus. Uh, young Cillian, enjoying your uh, Farmington Robotics team-built uh, hot rod that you have, uh, I I, uh, I apologize. Uh, it's not easy to be the mayor. No, nope. if... Not um, easy to be the mayor. If they are podcast listeners, wouldn't that be great to see uh, Little Silly and bring that baby out to the stage at the Minnesota State Fair? Well, that makes the presumption that we're going to be at the fair. I'm saying if we were to be at the fair, randomly. That's, that has not been established. Yes, that has not been. You know what's established, though? Yes, sir. The best insurance you can ever find is from Federated Insurance in Owatonna, Minnesota. No matter what day of the week. Uh, they offer property and casualty life, disability uh, but it's the the key are the marketing representatives. Uh, they they love the company. They stay with the company. They get to know you, your uh, business, how it operates, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. They'll take care of your driving needs. They'll take care of your data compromise coverage. I'd look into that. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second to none service can help your business thrive because it federated it's their business to protect yours tom lyman writing from uh, marloth park south africa wow uh, uh wants to remind us that uh, in 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 a 1971 article bernie sanders called millionaire senators immoral oh yeah, but bernie's, really? now, bernie's now a millionaire he's senator a club member. Yeah, he's immoral yeah i saw a great uh onion headline on twitter yesterday about bernie and yeah. it said something to the effect of Bernie Sanders supporters 
attack Bernie Sanders for the, what was it, the 2016 campaign, for right. losing the 2016 campaign, which was pretty funny. Isn't it amazing that as of this moment, the three principal candidates for the presidency, which is still a long ways off, and I, I wholeheartedly am opposed to this long and drawn-out campaigning, right. but the three principal characters are all old white guys in their 70s. Trump, Sanders, and Biden. Wow. Break them up. I mean, there's, you know, what does that say about this so-called diversity movement? I personally am not bothered that it's three old white guys, but I, I, I'm amused that, you know, the failed academy has done everything in their power to right. disabuse mm. young minds of the idea that white people are even credible. Yep. Uh, so the failed academy has failed in this regard. And then every one of these uh, politicians gets on the stump and preaches diversity and inclusiveness, mm-hmm. and you got three old windbags in their 70s. Yeah. Sanders supporters viciously attack Bernie Sanders after he criticizes mistakes of the 2016 Sanders campaign. Mm-hmm. Love the onion. <laughs> the onion also blamed the uh, Notre Dame fire on the uh, 12th century electrical system. Right. Didn't you have a... I get uh, it. Did you have a family member that said, oh, really? Yeah, the oldest uh, dismissed it and said, oh, that's too bad, and went on her way. And I said, whoa, stop. Wait, wait a minute. minute. Think wait about whoa, that. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait a minute, minute Don't lady. tell anybody, okay? 12th century. <laughs> Even though why we just go, told thousands of people. <laughs> uh, Scott Matura, our chef out in Montana, who's pushing back with all his might, yes. uh, provides a wonderful, wonderful Ronald Reagan quote from October 27, 1964. If we lose freedom here... There is no place to escape to. America is the last stand on earth. Nice. Boy, think of that when you're pushing back. We got nowhere else to go. We have nothing to escape to that's better than this. That's why this is so worth preserving. Mm -hmm. I think Scotty uh, escaped to somewhere pretty nice and free in Montana. Escaped? I was doing a little pat there. Yes, sir. In the crick. We have to rule with wisdom here. I have a bit of a dilemma. All right. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, The Minnesota Historical Society has placed a new sign at the entrance to Fort Snelling. It says, Historic Fort Snelling at Bidote, B-D-O-T-E, which is a Native American name. Okay. Uh, And that apparently has stirred up a controversy. Minnesota senators... Uh, passed a GOP-sponsored measure that would cut the Minnesota Historical Society's budget for using the Dakota people's name to identify the site of historic Fort Snelling. Mm. The fort is located at the confluence of the Minnesota and Mississippi rivers. The Dakota people called the site Bidote. I don't know how you pronounce B-D-O-T-E. I, I can't do it. It needs another uh, right. vowel. To identify the location, the History Society recently added the words at Bidote to temporary signs welcoming visitors to the fort. State Senator Mary Kiffmeyer, Republican Big Lake, called the uh, called that addition revisionist history and moved legislation to cut the society's funding. Hmm. Kiffmeyer is chair of the Senate committee that oversees state agency budgets, and she tucked a provision into a larger budget bill that would reduce the historical society's appropriation by about four million bucks a year. Wow. That would be an 18% decrease that could mean 53 to 80 layoffs, cutting hours at historic sites, and several reductions. I'm sorry, severe reductions in the organization's educational and other programs, said Historical Society Director and CEO Kent Whitworth. The bill passed the Republican-led Senate 37 to 28 with some Democratic support. Mm. That surprises me. 
Before the vote, Kiffmeyer said that Bidot, uh, adding Bidot to the sign is greatly objected to by many people, and the historical society has been quite resistant to listen and to make changes. We want them to be accountable and to be more transparent, and this is one way of getting their attention that this is serious and they need to pay attention. Asked what's wrong with calling the location Bidot, Kiffmeyer said, yes, we can add some of those additional pieces of information, but Fort Snelling is about military history, and we should be very careful to make sure that we keep that. It's the only real military history in a very unifying way amongst all Minnesotans. It is our premier entity for military history. Uh, there's There's a key sentence coming up here. Wetworth said the addition of Bidot, a sacred place for the Dakota people going back 10,000 years, to the signs does not diminish the military history of the fort. We take that core part of the story very seriously, he said. The society has long planned to revitalize the fort by expanding its history by, for example, telling the stories of the Japanese-American language camp located there during World War II, the African-American Buffalo soldiers based there in the late 19th century, and the roles women played at this site. Uh, this is not about addition and subtraction. This is really addition to the fort's history, Whitworth said. The society, here's the key paragraph in this whole thing. The society has no plans to change the fort's name, which currently, which suggests to me that such an idea is out there. Right. This is not about, uh, the, the society has no plans to change the fort's name, he said. This could be. This could only be done by the organization's governing board in a vote uh, by the legislature. Uh, during the Senate floor debate, Senator Richard Cohen, who is a professional politician and has been in the legislature for as long as I've lived in St. Paul, called the Historical Society a state gem and said the proposed budget cut would absolutely decimate the organization. But the, his motion to restore the funding failed. The vote by the Senate is far from the final word. The DFL-controlled House and Democratic Governor Tim Wall still must weigh in on the History Society's funding. Uh, ruling with wisdom. I, 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 weren't we okay with uh, the, the uh, maintaining the name Lake Calhoun, but then having additional signage that said uh, original name Beta Makaska? Right. Weren't we cool with that? Yes, I thought yes. so. Yeah. Because so, that, was a, that was its history. Well, it's isn't it legitimate to indicate that uh, much of the history of that particular piece of land at the confluence of the Mississippi and the Minnesota uh, was uh, important to uh, Native Americans who called it Bedote or however they pronounced it? And if all you want to do is add at Bedote to it, of course you're uh, flexing your virtue and you're you're flexing your leftism and you're flexing God knows what else. But is it? I can live with that. Historic Fort Snelling at Bedot, meaning historic Fort Snelling at the confluence of the Mississippi and, and the Minnesota rivers. Okay. So the greater fear must be it's a slippery slope. The greater fear must be... It's the introduction, yes. Uh, you know, the, the next thing you know, it's not going to be called Fort Snelling anymore. That's, a, that's, in, that's the line moving. They're inching. Well, we already have uh, Bedot on there, so why don't we just proceed with mm-hmm. the next step? Mm-hmm. I, I. So your ruling is it's okay. Uh, throw it up there, but you know. But what? see the danger you put yourself the in. Caveat. <laughs> it's 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 inevitable. That's not fully pushing back. It's inevitable as this sanitizing of the country takes place. It's inevitable that Fort Snelling will will be have its name changed.
But why? I don't understand why we need to add that now. I, I because knew. because we're we're undergoing uh, the process of sanitization. The cat's been the cat's out of the bag. I've been shocked that there hasn't been any activity since the Calhoun dust up. I'm I'm amazed that wasn't followed by another dozen attempts to but, get rid of it. But over to the U of M. That's there has been, now. yeah, the U of M. There the was buildings at the U of M. There yep. was the place up north too that I, I that I can't recall at this moment. There's, so there have been other cases, just one not as significant as Lake Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been to Fort Snelling with, with the kids to see all the, you know, the, the, the remakes and the time periods. And the most annoying thing is, there, yes, and how did you arrive here, by steamboat or by horseback? Well, we like, came in our minivan. Yeah, well, oh, yes, what is this minivan? I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, Ray, <laughs> okay, we got it, Cletus. <laughs> I mean, as, it, as that currently... Sits historic Fort Snelling at Bedote. I have no problem with that. It's not going to change uh, the fact that I think up? Fort Snelling is neat. Are you getting soft? No, us? because I'm being consistent. I would have been okay Mushy with. Friday. I would have been okay. Lake Calhoun, also known as uh, in its original form, Bede Makaska. I would have been cool with that. Hmm. But they won completely at Calhoun. See? They did. They did. So, so what's what's to prevent the revisionists from from ultimately winning completely at Fort Snelling? Because that's what you're right. That's what will be next. Oof. Don't people have stuff to do? Glad I don't have to rule. I'm, I'm not issuing a ruling, so I can't hit the sounder. Or is that your ruling with wisdom? No ruling. Because you can't see the trap I would fall into with a ruling. If I said I'm very cool with this, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, then what happens when this isn't fine? When it's when it's just this is just the uh, this is just the the camel's nose in the tent. What's next at Fort Snelling? Flying the uh, the all are welcome here flag. It's probably already there. Let's take a break. All right. You know what it means when the flag is up at the fort? Oh, sunny weather. It means it's occupied. Oh, all right. I learned that on the tours. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. We have had a call in to Mary Kiffmeyer, by the way. I, I think it comes down to this. Should Mary Kiffmeyer be applauded for pushing back, or is she being a little too 
uh, paranoid. I'm, I'm going with applauding her for pushing some back. pushback because right. uh, instead of everybody just rolling over. All right. Well, I can go with that. I can go with that. James Peppy coming up. He's a GLer who's running for president. Uh, I've seen a lot of motorcycles out. The weather is here. And I hope you're getting in touch, bikers, with DennisKirk.com, trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. More than 160,000 parts in stock selection. Guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and satisfaction guarantee makes DennisKirk.com the best in the business. Now, get this. If you buy a helmet or an apparel item and it doesn't fit or you get FFLF'd, uh, that's female fun limitation factor. No problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. DennisKirk.com, $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com, order by 8 o'clock today. You'll get it tomorrow. You'll get you it. You know in what time. I saw, and I bet they have it at Dennis Kirk. Hmm. I was uh, out. Oh, it was right after I went to uh, Spencer's Grunhoffers. Yeah, there was a three wheeler, and on the back was a wheelchair. So what I just thought wasn't that cool that somebody that's in a wheelchair, there's an accessory they can drive around on their three wheeler, but they have a wheelchair that's hanging right on the back of it. I ain't seen that one. I thought that was pretty cool. I bet you could probably so get you, it. So it, it's Kirk. mounted on the bike, that. or well, it's, it's a separate? No, it's it's just mounted on the bike. When they stop, they're going to grab the wheelchair and hop in the wheelchair. I see what you're saying. I just so thought it was neat that, that somebody cool. that needed a wheelchair is still out and about having fun. I'm going to read this, even though I don't know if I understand it. <laughs> okay. Well, there's going to be three. Wouldn't of us be the first time. Right, right. Exactly. Oh, for three it over here. You before. <laughs> Joe, I just started to listen to the podcast last month. Your question about carbon dioxide equation on absorbing heat spoke to me. When I was going to the U of M for engineering, I had a professor named Ephraim Sparrow for the class called Heat Transfer. He might now be listed as emeritus and in his late 80s or early 90s. He had worked with Westinghouse on the early microwave oven. From what I recall, liquids and solids absorb and emit heat energy at rates you can time whereas gases really can't absorb heat nor emit it. It can be transferred in a convection current, but gases really have a too short of time period to absorb heat and no place to put it. Our atmosphere isn't a pure gas, as our air has a certain amount of water and vapor and dust carried aloft. So far, I am understanding. Okay, yeah, I'm with the extra heat felt in mostly spring and summer is due to the change in heat transfer when land is developed. A parcel of land has a certain amount of natural heat transfer. If you develop it in some way, building a farm, a parking lot, a building, a park, from its initial state, you change the amount of heat absorbed and emitted. Liquids and solids, concrete, glass, metals, asphalt, wood, etc., absorb at different rates and emit heat energy at different rates. Try this on a hot day. Go barefoot between noon and 2 p.m. 2 p.m. is the height of sun intensity. Then step on a concrete driveway, then step onto an asphalt road, and then step on the grass. If you want, you could put a plastic pail of water out from the morning to when you immerse your, fo- uh, to when you immerse your foot in without stepping on the bottom of the pail or touching the sides. What you may notice is the asphalt is super hot as well as the concrete. The water may be warm, but cooler than the solids. Notice how you don't feel the warm air as much as the solids. The water may evaporate quickly as your body's skin is more solid than a liquid, and the thin layer of water will absorb some of your body's heat. When it evaporates, it cools your body. If air could absorb heat like these ignorant people think it does, then our winter heating problems would be easier and very efficient. 
Junk scientists and religious climate change believers cite the greenhouse effect as the center of their faith. Frankly, I don't think people understand how greenhouse gases work. In Winona, where I grew up, there was a greenhouse, and it was something to uh, walk uh, and it was something to walk by on the way to school. The heat inside the greenhouse is largely due to infrared radiation passing through the windows, which at the top and the sides of the building are opaque or soaped for that energy to bounce off and stay inside. This mimics clouds in the sky. I'm starting to lose this. Yeah. The glass, metal, and soil inside the greenhouse absorb the heat energy, too. Some greenhouse gases add carbon dioxide not to retain heat, but to help plants grow as plants convert CO2 into plant food, and it emits oxygen as a waste gas. Also, many plants will absorb CO2 and deplete the natural CO2 in the greenhouse. If CO2 was a source of heat in our atmosphere, then Mars would be quite warm as 90% of the atmosphere there is CO2. You never hear these so-called climatologists talking about the most abundant gas in our atmosphere. Nitrogen nitrogen is about 78% of the atmosphere. The next highest gas is oxygen at about 20%. CO2 is such a small percentage of the atmosphere, it is rather negligible in the big picture. I have a Bachelor of Science in Aerospace Engineering, and I'm a climate change denier, and I'm proud of it. I learned how to read weather maps and clouds in uh, in high school for a class called Aerospace Science and How to Fly a Plane. Tom Polachek. Uh, from Winona. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go Winhawks. You were right. I don't understand it. I think I do. <laughs> Gases can't capture heat. They have no place to put it. But solids can capture heat. They can absorb it. Got it. Yep. You know what I learned? <clears throat> There's a lot of people listening to this show that are a lot smarter than we are. You know what I learned? It's time to take a break and call presidential candidate James Pepe. Do you know what I learned? What? I learned that um, my family that came out of Winona wasn't as smart as that guy. (laughs) The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Joining us, I imagine, uh, James, from Texas. Is that correct? That's right, Joe. How are you? How are you? You know, when you first contacted me, uh, it was like you uh, you knew of us, and then as as the emails progressed, we learned that you're a GLer from way back. Is that correct? That's right. Way back when you started your show, Joe. <clears throat> excuse me. I've, I've enjoyed it for a long time, and, uh, and when I first started this uh, adventure, you're one of the first people I thought of because I, I feel so... Uh, so much sort of in spirit and in line with you. Have you held any other public office? I have not. I have not. I, I ran uh, a couple of times when I lived there in Minnesota for the state legislature. Came awfully close to winning a seat in the state Senate one time. Uh, but no, I've not held an office. Now, you grew up in Brooklyn Park? Correct. Correct. So, big, crazy family. I'm the ninth of 12 kids. We lived in a little tiny rambler in Brooklyn Park, uh, uh, 950 square feet, three bedrooms, one bath, Joe, if you can believe that. Wow. Five sisters and one bathroom. Holy. Figures, but, uh, what a way to grow up. It was great. What high school did you go to? I went to Cooper High School, Robbinsdale Cooper at the time. And then uh, tell us about Yale. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that was a crazy thing. I, I worked hard. I was good at school and growing up and uh, played a little sports and football in particular. And uh, uh, really kind of surprising to me that I that I qualified and that, in fact, I was recruited to play football at Yale and enjoyed that for four years. So, um, you know, I, I had to, my brother was a, 
a star football player at the University of Minnesota a few years before me, and it had been my dream to play football there, kind of following his footsteps. Mm-hmm. And I was all set to go when, sort of at the last minute, um, I would, you know, I, I found out that I qualified at Yale, and they wanted me to play football there, and it was just an opportunity that was too good to pass up. So, changed the course of my life in a, in a sense, and uh, it was a great experience. Are you in Houston? I'm just outside of Houston. That's right, Joe, in a, in a, in a neat little town called Montgomery. Are, and your is your business? What is your business background? And has it been successful enough for you to launch this uh, Im, impossible task, improbable task? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've had a, a varied career. Um, I, I used to uh, represent manufacturers around the country um, uh, and advocated for them and for policies that were good for for our manufacturing economy. More recently, I've I've been a licensed professional investment advisor where I help uh, small companies set up 401k plans and and their uh, their employees with their investments planning for retirement. So I've seen um, sort of a, a lot of, of kind of what regular folks, how, how they're working and trying to make a living and, and plan for their futures. Um, <clears throat> I've had modest success. I'm certainly not a wealthy um, celebrity or anything like that. Uh, I'm not I'm not a billionaire like the president. Um so I, I have modest resources, and uh, my grassroots campaign for president reflects that. So this is not about money, not about personal wealth, um, but I think it's something that the country really needs right now. You're in your 40s, correct? Oh, thanks, Joe. I really wish that were true, but I'm 52. Well, 52. Well, I was close. You have uh, four kids? You have four kids? I, I do. I have four four grown kids. They're kind of in different places in life. They're between the ages of 19 and 25, mm-hmm. and uh, they're off at college, and and doing their own thing. Okay, let's get to brass tacks here. Why? Why? I, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. I, I, you know, I think the country just. I, I didn't like the way we were, the direction we were going before him, and like so many people, looking for um, something better in terms of our leadership. And let me just back up a half a step and say that I've, I've for a long time thought that the biggest issue in our country had nothing to do with policies like health care or immigration, as important as they are. I thought for a long time that we've really suffered under poor leadership from both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm a lifelong Republican, and I haven't been happy with the Republicans for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Trump came along, and it and it and it took that bad condition, I think, and multiplied it a hundred times. Um, I'm shocked and disgusted that so many of of, of even my friends and, and and some people in my family have fallen for his act. Um, it 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 has little to do with the stated direction that he wants to go on many policies, although there are some I certainly strongly disagree with. And it's far more to do with the, um, the degrading of our, um, of our culture and our, and our, 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 our systems, our, our structure, um, and, and what that means, I think, long-term for our country in terms of uh, an even worsening divide among Americans. It's not what we deserve from leadership. And as a Republican, my attitude is, we should we should get our house in order uh, if we can ever expect the other side to do the same. Well, critics might throw back at you that the GDP is up and jobless claims yep. are the lowest in forever, yep. and uh, how, uh, the economy appears to be strong. To which I would add, what would you do about the fact that we're about twenty trillion dollars in debt? Yeah, well, you know, there's no two ways around it, Joe. That if we're going to ever deal with the debt, and so far all we've ever done is is really pretend or put our head in the sand about it. Mm-hmm. The only way we're going to deal with that ultimately is is 
as a combination of two things in all likelihood. First and foremost, it's, it's got to be uh, entitlement reform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not and I'm not here to say that I've got a magic wand and have the answer to that. And I know that it's the third rail of politics, where even just talking about it like I am now is going to is going to bring out a lot of lot of people that want to that want to say I'm going to steal their social security or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But 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 if we want to if you want to deal honestly about the deficit and the debt, we're going to have to deal with that. So so that's one thing. But at some point also. You've got to be open to raising taxes on the folks that have the money. I'm not, I am not a, you know, soak the rich kind of guy. I'm really not one of the reasons why I am a lifelong Republican. But let's just be honest. Those are the only two options that we have. You can't get any more from the middle class. You can't, you can't squeeze blood out of that turnip. Um, so if you care about the debt and deficit, you can't ignore those two things. Uh, we'll have to deal with it. Are you getting any traction? Uh, are you getting any coverage from the cable networks, for example? Yeah, we're, we're not. I, I, we're, we're. I think we're inching closer to that with the cable folks. But we've we just came off a really good trip, uh, uh, campaigning grassroots style on the ground in New Hampshire, where we got some good local press. Um, we've done some radio interviews like this, Joe, uh, with uh, uh, most recently a, a really good national a piece of uh, coverage um, um, in New York. Um, and so, little by little, we are. But that's the nature of this kind of grassroots. We call it a tipping point strategy. We're little by little. You know, Joe, let me say this. We, we believe, I certainly believe strongly that, that most Americans have for a long time wanted what I'm talking about. A, a leader who's far more like them, like them, not just somebody who says that, you know, a lifelong politician who plays the part of somebody who can feel their pain, or, or a, a guy like Trump who was, who was God bless him, born, born to, to wealth and has no idea what the regular person in America lives like, but, but sort of can talk like it sometimes. But we've wanted that for a long time, but just been conditioned to believe that it's not possible. Mm-hmm. I think the Internet and social media has begun to change that right underneath our noses. And so uh, the tipping point strategy that we have is, is geared for a kind of a slow, steady slog to convince people that it's actually doable by getting a little bit of coverage, by showing folks, honestly, Joe, that, hey, I'm not just, you know, some whack job in his mom's basement wearing his fuzzy pink bunny pajamas, you know, and typing out things on, it, on the Internet, that, that I really believe in this. And I'm, you know, I'm a halfway intelligent person, I think it's fair to say. The country needs something like this, and it has to come from somebody like me. I, I wish it were somebody else, honestly. I, this is not about my personal ambition, uh, believe me. I got plenty of better ways to spend my time, but I think the comp- the country really needs something like this, and and so we're just clawing and scraping for every inch of traction we can get, and uh, and this is about the way we expect it to go. But we're looking forward to triggering some of those tipping points that will lead to an expansion of that kind of momentum. All right, you 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 have said repeatedly now that the country needs something like this. Explain what yes. this is. Explain this. Yeah, again, leadership that comes from regular Americans, somebody that can better relate to everyday life um, for, for most people. There. Let's be honest, the politics in our country has been driven for a long time, maybe forever, by the extremes. Mm-hmm. And the media covers it as if that's real. And it's not. Most Americans, you know them, Joe. You, you, this is what your show has been about for, what, 20 or 30 years now? I mean, yep. forever. I'm getting old, and, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, and and the, most of us have all kinds of common ground about the issues that we hear about in the media every day, but they keep talking about the, the loud extremists on both sides who it always seems is all or nothing. 
most of us could, could see this country moving ahead on all kinds of important issues. Uh, I talked about health care or immigration, issues like that. If, if we were given that option where we, we start from a com- the common ground of common sense and just move our way forward from there. But, but we don't hear that in the media and in the establishment uh, political world. We just hear the loudest voices, the extremists on both sides. And I'm tired of it. I think your listeners are tired of it. I think we've been tired of it, tired of it for a long time. But neither party has offered us a better alternative. I just think it's time for something different. Again, somebody that comes from that, that overlooked, I, I hate the word middle, but for lack of a better word, the middle of America that has just been... We get promised everything every time, then the election's over, and we immediately get forgotten again. What is your and, position? What is your position on immigration? Look, I think it's really important the way the president leads. So the first thing that I would do is indicate very clearly to everybody, including people who want to come to this country, that America thrives on, on, on legal immigration, that we need and want people to come here who are looking for a better way of life. It's always been a source of strength in our country. Having said that, of course we have to regulate our borders. Of course we have to strengthen our border security and make sure that we can manage reasonably the flow of people and goods in and out of our country. How would you how would you regulate it? How would you regulate the border? Would you would you uh, favor a wall as part of the regulation? Well, well, I would certainly I would certainly improve the the barriers and walls that we have now. I'm not a fan of a Great Wall of America. Uh, the way Trump initially described and has reinforced for so long. But, you know, I would treat the wall like the rest of our crumbling infrastructure around the country. It'd be part of a big infrastructure package to simply use whatever kinds of structures that we need where it makes sense to make sure that people are funneled to the proper uh, sort of sort of points of entry. You know, um, I think that people avoid the border, not, not 100%, but I think most people avoid avoid the border because one way or another, they've been given the impression that they should be afraid mm-hmm. coming in through the normal ways in our country. And I think it's important for the president to make it clear that we, we, we can have a simple, reasonable uh, process for people coming and going, and they don't need to risk their lives and the lives of their children to, to cross dangerous territory. But yes, we've got fencing, let's upgrade it. We've got, we've got walls, let's upgrade them. We need drones and electronic surveillance, let's upgrade it. We need more people, let's put them there. Of course, just like the rest of our infrastructure. But, but let's not send the wrong, wrong signals that suggest to a lot of people that we don't want these dirty Mexicans or Muslims or whoever to come to our country, because that's just, that's just not what America is supposed to be about. Jim, it's Rookie here. Uh, just a quick question for you. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a long battle ahead of you, and we wish you the best. Yeah. If, Thank you. If you don't succeed... Yeah. Uh, which is not one of your goals. What will uh, what will you consider a success as far as however far you get? What will you consider successful for you personally in this campaign? Well, thanks for the question. You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day. Um, even though our following is is to say the least relatively small compared to what you would look hope for in presidential race, and again, not to be not unexpected at this point. Uh, and I mean this, I mean this sincerely from my heart. It is extraordinarily humbling. And I, and I didn't fully expect this or anticipate this, although if I was a little smarter, I probably would have. But every person who we met in New Hampshire or who I talked to here in Texas or wherever, wherever I go, who expresses um, sincere support or encouragement to what we're trying to do, or anonymous people to me who send me a buck or five bucks or ten bucks at my website, um, 
and, and again, say this is exactly what our country needs. Because when I talk to people, there's no question most of them agree with this. It's incredibly humbling. And you can't help but think that, that even though 500 or 1,000 or 5,000 people or 10,000 or whatever it is that we have following us now, that that's not, that's not very many in the, in the scheme of a presidential race in America. That's still a lot of people. Where, 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 do, where do you stand on what is being called the Green New Deal? This, uh, I, won't, yeah. I won't color your answer by my own comment. Yeah, yeah no, it's crazy, Joe. Okay, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, right? This is one of the things that bothers me about Trump, and he's my opponent right now. I'm not running against the Democrats yet, although I'm starting to engage them a little bit. But one of the biggest problems with Trump is he makes the Democrats' craziness look reasonable somehow. Mm-hmm. He, he changes the nature of the discussion so that, that people like, like AOC and, and Elizabeth Warren and the others can, can somehow manage to slip under the radar a little bit and look reasonable, and they're not. They're as far extreme off the left at the left edge of the, of the spectrum as, as some of the folks in the, in the Republican Party are off on the right. Um, that's, I'm not about destroying the, the, uh, the economy. But I will say it's another example where I think common sense should rule. Most people that I know uh, think that climate change is happening somehow. Uh, we don't necessarily all agree on how or how much or how, how we should deal with it. But, but let's, let's get away from the extremes and say, okay, let's be reasonable here. How about the United States lead the world in the development of new energy technologies that are good for the country and good for the planet the way we did in space exploration? Why, why don't we just start from there and move forward? I, I, to me, that's a no-brainer. But why, why, not no just, why not just acknowledge Why not just acknowledge that the climate has always changed and always I, will? I acknowledge that 100%, and yep. I couldn't agree with you more. Yep. I mean, again, put, stick your head out the window. Yep. Texas, it changes every five minutes. Yep. You know, um, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. But again, does that mean that, I mean, shouldn't we still be in favor of, um, of uh, renewable, uh, cleaner energy technology? Why, why wouldn't we want to be in favor of that any more than we want to be in, in favor of the, the best, you know, computer or communications type technologies? We should lead in everything, in my view. So, so why wouldn't we? Well, uh, we will when it's cost effective. Oh, oh, as far as implementing it, yeah, I'm talking about the development of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So putting investments in, 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 in resources into developing those things so that some other country doesn't sort of, you know, get that far out ahead of us as it's, as it's sort of threatening to do. But, but I agree. We're not going to implement those kinds of technologies until it makes sense. And, and, and it will. It will in the not-too-distant future, I'm sure. How can people learn more about you? Uh, www.pepi2020.com, and from there to my social media uh, pages, Joe. Um, again, um, I, I just want to encourage people to, to, to not be afraid to sort of buck the conventional wisdom and the establishment conditioning. This, this can – Donald Trump proved last time. Who thought he could win? But he did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it – just, I, I look at Trump, and I think he's the uh, – He's the wrong guy for the right reason, and uh, I understand where people were coming from to to want to kind of kind of uh, poke their poke uh, poke the establishment in the eye that way. But if he could win, let's face it, anybody can win. I can win, and the question is, what do people want? I think they want a regular American to be the next president, and that's what I'm trying to do. So, Pepe2020.com, and and uh, 
I'd sure appreciate some small contributions to help us continue campaigning in Iowa and New Hampshire and all around the country. All right, sir. Thank you, and good luck. Best of luck. I sure appreciate your time, Joe and Rookie. Thanks very much. All right. James Peppy running for president in 2020. Uh, I, it would be unfair, I think, you know, based on a 15-minute conversation to say I really didn't hear anything that that lit a fire under me. I, I think he's still formulating what he's trying to say. And I, I think what he's, if I may paraphrase him, he he's trying to say, uh, you know, I'm like Trump. I'm the right guy at the right time, uh, but I have more uh, decorum, maybe. Right. And that's, uh, you know, again, like he said, he wasn't trying to go after the Democrats. That he's, he wants to go up against President Trump, which I don't know. I don't know where the country is uh, this many months later uh, from when he got elected, if he is, because you can't trust these polls. I don't know whether he's in favor or out of favor with the majority of people that voted for him. Say uh, Barry Shackle uh, has been up to Grundhofer's, right? Yeah. And he, he, he is now considering the brat bracket. bracket. He oh, said, this is the guy. He started with 12 different flavors. Yep. He made two brats of two different flavors each night. No bun, no fixies. Mono a mono. Picking these winners are harder than the NCAA bracket as they're all great. My wife, who doesn't eat pork or beef, thought they were great. But she doesn't eat pork or beef. She must have tried them. After three nights and tough choices, the chicken fajita, pork egg roll, and mushroom and Swiss are leading the pack. Six mm-hmm. more flavors to try and then another trip to Grunhofer's. I have attached a brat... A Brat Bracket Excel spreadsheet for GLers that has 64 flavors, but you can pare it down to 16 or 32 if you wish. Uh, Okay, he said, I'll see you at Grunhofer's for the garage door opener. Again, he's asking me to do the work. He did the spreadsheet. Well, all we have to do is plug him in. We plug in whatever we want. It should be pretty easy. Should we put the uh, spreadsheet on on our website? Sure. Okay. Well, let's see how difficult it is for us. We're talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo on Highway 61. It's the broad capital of the world just in time for the, you're discovering it just in time for the grilling season. 130 brat flavors. These are lean pork brats. They're fantastic. Chicken sticks, beef sticks. They'll cut steak any way you want it. They'll cut the bacon any way you want it. They're professional meat cutters at Grunhofer's. Uh, and it's grunhoffersmeatmarket.com. I know Easter's over, but what's wrong with a double smoked ham every once in a while? Yeah, huh? it's perfect. Huh? You know what I had yesterday? I had the bacon that we cooked the bacon. It was very thick. I had a custom cut, and it was put in a bacon cheeseburger soup. That was dinner last night. Wow. It was unbelievable. You're you're just fantastic. Damn it, I forgot to have some for lunch. That's incredible. They got it all at uh, Grunhofer's. They're meat experts. You have questions, they have the answers from preparation to serving. Hey, Pat. Yay! <laughs> you like going to a lake, don't you? And you don't like it when you dip your toes in there and you get all tangled up in the weeds. No, I don't like the weeds. That's so even, I, though I grew up, okay. even though I grew up walking in weeds and mud and, <laughs> and all that Yeah, stuff, but I you know like what? It. That was before Aquaside. So now you call Aquaside, you get the pellets, you'll oh. have a completely weed-free beach. They've been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years. And this is a great way to not allow weeds to overtake your lake or pond. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem. And they'll make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside. 
Tell them Pat sent you. 1-800-328-9350. 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. They've been killing lake weeds for more than 60 years, except in Fulda. If I may add this, if you do not use Aquaside, call Patrick Rice's de-weeding beach service. I will come out and rake your lawn with my rake. I got, I got to tell you, the uh, the lawnmowers fellas uh, were here today, and the guy came the lawnmower up and, fellas. Knocked, knocked up in the knocked knocked up knocked on the front door and said, uh, "Apologized again for having a lawnmower in the pool." Oh my God! You're kidding me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He Pat, said we're still. Oh, I thought you mean they now. did it again. No, oh God, no. They're no, still they're, apologizing. They're very care. They're very careful. Yeah. The best, Pat, was when we were still on in the afternoon, the guy that sent the YouTube video of the guy that took out seven ornaments and went to somebody else's pool, and we posted oh. it as, here's what happened at, Roy, at uh, the Roycey estate. <laughs> Damn near did. Hey, I got something to tell you guys that I've learned this week. I know we're all draft excited, but remember about two, three years ago, you guys changed my life? By showing me how to open a bag of potato chips. Yes. yes. Let me stop you right there. Stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there and set this up. For 65 years, he didn't know how to open a bag of potato chips by merely clinching both sides of the bag and spreading it apart. He would literally go around over there in the kitchen area, get a knife or a scissors, and he'd attack the bag. You could use your teeth to yep. and yeah. rip it open. Yeah. Basically, sometimes I went out in the garage and got a blowtorch. <laughs> and tell you guys, say, tell you guys said, here you put one, you put a thumb and a forefinger here, and yep. a thumb and a forefinger here, and boom, pull it, pull it apart. There it is. And really, it's made my life so much different. <laughs> so, you know what I? So Sunday, uh-huh. the uh, we're, we're at the grandkids, and uh, Grandma tells them, when you crack an egg, yeah. crack it on a flat surface, not on the edge of a pan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a complete revelation to me. For 68 years, I've been cracking them on the side of the pan and having the shells all over the place. I did it this morning. You crack them on a flat surface. That shell kind of stays together. You put it over the pan, and then you open it up. You get no debris, none of that early <laughs> debris. debris. It's fantastic. I, uh, egg debris. Uh, crack those eggs on a flat surface. Later. That's a hell of a tip. I'll remember that. Uh, I knew that already, but um, congratulations. Most of us are side of the pan guys, and then we get half of it on a burner and half of it the pan. Yeah. Right? yeah. So this is this was a great. That's I'm more interested in how to cook an egg than I am who the Vikings draft. <laughs> hey, well, they drafted a center, didn't they? Yep. Which is weird. Is he going to? Who's going to move him or Elfline? The, the 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 rumor is that Elfline will move to guard where he played for Ohio State his sophomore and junior years. I thought we loved Elfline as a bright, uh, sharp center who could call out uh, blitzes and stuff. Those like that. in the know apparently had his pro football focus ranking as the lowest graded center in football last year. It's because he got uh, the some of those big old nose tackles just tossed him around a little bit. That and I think playing against the Bears twice didn't help his number. But also yeah. somebody somebody suggests that he wasn't uh, very healthy at all last year. Well, this guy's a monster, huh? Is he yeah. from Duke? North Carolina State. North Carolina. Why don't we identify him by name? Garrett Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury. 
and everybody was uh, forecasting this, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't a big shock. There were some really uh, big surprises before that, and uh, there was uh, in this case a lot of highly rated players were available, but uh, Spielman didn't have the guts not to take an offensive lineman. When he was just sitting there for them, I saw the photo. Yeah, they might get. They might get another one in the second round today. Yeah, I saw the photo, Pat, from U.S. Bank Stadium, and asked Joe which uh, jersey he wore last night. I still, for the life of me, <laughs> can't figure out how they managed to get thousands of people to pay money to to buy overpriced beer to watch it on television. And the funny thing is, you could announce that they drafted a pedophile, and they'd all scream and holler uh, and enjoy and enjoy. <laughs> It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this guy just got out of Joliet Prison. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, have you guys seen the controversy surrounding the NFL draft? I can't imagine that I did. Um, so, Pat, get this. Nashville, where the draft is being held this year, yeah. Joe, yeah. is yeah. the bachelorette capital of the world, they call it. I don't understand why. So all of these bachelorette parties that plan their big excursion for this weekend are all mad as hell because every bar is occupied oh. by the NFL. Oh, really? And the horror stories on Twitter last night were just, oh, oh I was howling. They were so funny. Wow. First world problem. Some of those bachelorettes might have met some football players, though, too. Fighting and, uh, chance. What was the name of that? Uh, the Arctic Blast. We could have a... We could have a a warm weather version of the Arctic blast could have taken place. The Vikes don't do that anymore, do they? No, we gave that one up. Yeah, uh, yeah. after the uh, after the difficulties of uh, that was just uh, uh, that was just a love boat on ice. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing about the love boat, Joe. Yeah. Is is they had done this for years, made the rookies pay for a party, but they'd have it at a club downtown. They would close the club. They would tip everyone in there thousands of dollars, and nothing was ever said. But some dummy got Fred Smoot got the idea to do it on water, and, yep. that, uh, and then Gladys Kravitz saw the two guys peeing behind the tree, and that was it. That was it. It was all she wrote. <laughs> that was right. So you know, do this and. Do this to people who, if you're going to pay them enough, are going to keep your secrets. Does Love Boat outrank Wizenator for you, or vice versa? I think the way, oh, it's pretty tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. Tough to choose between. I still have Love Boat number one. I have Love Boat. Love Boat had some great quotes, but I don't think any quote will ever top Ontario Smith saying it wasn't his Wizenator. He was taking it for his cut. That's right. Because <laughs> a lot of guys and will I haul said, around a Wizenator for a buddy. And I said, boy, you got to be a close-knit family. Yep. Hey, hey, go over to my apartment in the third drawer there, pull out this big thing that looks like a penis and bring it right up. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! No do you want do you want the blue one or the red one? <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. I told you that. I've told this story a hundred times. Oh, I love it though. Kevin Seifert from the paper comes up with this story like a month after it occurred, but he finds out about it. So the sports oh. editor calls me and explains to me and says, "We don't have a column scheduled for tomorrow. Do you want to write a column on this?" And I said. Uh, okay, 
give it to me one more time. I'll explain these details to me one time. And then I said, I'll give you $500 to read this game. <laughs> you don't have to pay me. <laughs> but then wasn't the love boat also, wasn't that the beginning of the big celebrations after the touchdown when the guy rode the boat? For, oh, oh, Steve yeah. Smith. Steve yeah. Smith. Yeah. yeah, the great Steve oh, Smith. Who'll end up in the Hall of Fame and... They should uh, they should have that in his video clip. No, that'll be his bust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, the twins will catch some good weather tonight, but it doesn't look good for tomorrow, oh, does it? Uh, slush. Huh? Yeah. What yeah. is wrong? Boy, yesterday would have been a day to play a ball game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's too bad. Yes, the uh, O's, they uh, embarrassed, but the O's are fresh from having won a doubleheader from the mighty Whiteys. How embarrassing is that? Yeah. The uh, White Sox lost due to that team. So uh, the Twins are, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I have such draft fever. I'm heading right out to the Twins game uh, pretty much uh, here in about an hour. So well, I'm going to welcome the boys home. We've got enough. Uh, we got 25 other uh, media types out there covering this thing. So Please tell me it's not nationally televised today, is it? Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. It is? Bro. Tomorrow, too, when they have the final. It was in prime time last night. I know of some women who were personally outraged because their shows weren't on. (laughs) Yeah, ABC had it. Hey, I got to ask you this. When you were covered, what was your first year in sports? 75, 74? 73. So, and you were doing the Vikings. So, the late 70s before Winter Park. Right. Where the hell did they have us show up to get their observations on the uh, on the draft? Did we go out to that little office on France Avenue, or did they go to the hotel? Do you remember? I have a vague memory of one year. Wasn't it in the IDS Crystal Court? In well, the... Maybe they did. Maybe they, like, they put up a booth there or something. To, Who was uh, the little guy, the little running back? The short little running oh, Darren back. Nelson. Darren, Darren Nelson. Nelson. It seems to me he, they trotted him out and put a jersey on him in the IDS court. I could okay, be totally wrong. I'm not had, sure. But that was probably uh, when Winter Park was already open, too. When Darren yeah. got but I'm talking about the 70s. Because I remember when Jim Marshall retired, they made the announcement at the uh, at that little luncheon out at the Holiday Inn on the freeway. Right. You know, that was uh, that was it. They made it the afternoon. But, the you know, the draft was... Yeah, you know, okay, uh, Bud, Bud and Lynn are going to come down and talk about it, but that was before Winter Park opened. I can't remember where the hell they did that. Hey, Pat, can you, now, I was just going to say, can you imagine, showing up. yeah, that crowd of people, those thousands of people at U.S. Bank Stadium in 2019, can you imagine if they have got, if they, that crowd of people had gotten a hold of Joe, who cost Bud a draft pick in 2019, <laughs> they would have tore pick. you from limb to limb. Oh boy. And by the way, third rounder, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I shot third to the top. I mean, I, you know, if I'm going to screw you up, I'm going to screw you up big time. Well, that was a long before Winter Park because I think you reported that from Midway Stadium, didn't you? Uh, no, no, Metropolitan Stadium. Stadium. Metropolitan yeah, Stadium. Yeah, yeah. So they were Why is that guy out there? I'm going to write that. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> what did I report? Oh. That somebody on the injured reserve list was practicing? No, no, no. This was when you could only bring a guy in for a one-day tryout. That's right. And then you either had to add him to the roster or send him shipped off. And yep. he, that guy was back. And you just wrote... I think his name was David 
Howard, I thought. But now David something uh, was back for a second day. <laughs> and, and apparently these rival teams used to get the newspapers delivered, you know, sure. and they'd go through them to find out information. That's how they scouted the visiting team. Right. Somebody noticed that. Hey, look what this moron just told us. <laughs> Boy, Ralph Reeve was giving me the head shake on that one, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Ralphie, Ralphie didn't was, like me doing that. No, no. Boy, the uh, this is, though, and we've talked about this before, Joe, the greatest marketing thing in the history of sports. Yep. That they, you can have a rotten year, and then you renew hope every year on this. Okay, we've solved all our problems. Mm-hmm. You know? So everything's, everybody, when this draft is over, no matter what happens today, uh, there will be. And even though the Vikings fell flat on their faces last year and didn't even make the playoffs after signing an $84 million quarterback and coming off a 13-3 and season, everybody will be filled with optimism by the time this draft is over. Well, hey, Amazing hey, recycling of the fans. Do you want to know the city right now that is the opposite of the Twin Cities? Boston what? Boston has the World Series, the Super yes. Bowl under their belt. They got a Bruin club, which could very well get to the finals. and they, The highest-seeded team remaining. Yes. And they have a basketball team that could remain yep. in contention. They could have four titles in one calendar year. Except wow. they're all mad because the Red Sox are off to a lousy start. Yeah. So it <laughs> didn't take long for that. But, yeah, you're, uh, yeah it has been. Well, it, and it's been going on for Pretty much the whole, uh, since 04, you know, Belichick started winning Super Bowls in uh, 02, and then the Red Sox won in 04, and this is, it's been going on since then, pretty much. The title drought huh? here is what, 28 years old? 1991? Well, yeah. 1991. Yeah. And then, you know, and then 87, unless you want to count the links. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, for that, you got to go back to the Lakers, who we don't have anymore. Right. Thank All right, you. sir. Thank you. All righty. Crack those eggs on a flat surface. Eggs on a flat surface and uh, four fi- uh, first finger and thumb on either side of the chip bag. <laughs> hey, oh, Pat, it works. It works dandy. That is. It's a dandy Be- way to do Because you it. don't want it's debris. Debris. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want debris. You don't want debris. Thank you. Well, he just oh, hung he up. I got to go. Hey, don't forget at DennisKirk.com, $89 order ship free. And if you order by 8 o'clock today from DennisKirk.com, you'll get all the motorcycle parts, helmets, and apparel you need by tomorrow. Hey, folks. John Ben here. You're listening to Grog Logic. Before I tell you something extremely sad from the failed academy, let me tell you about something extremely joyful, and that's the experience you'll always have at an RF Moeller jewelry store. They were founded 68 years ago by Bob Moeller. Uh, the foundation was always service, and they've embraced that and acknowledged it and enjoyed it, and you will too. They have six goldsmiths. They specialize in repairing and restoring your heirlooms. And here's the important part. Your stuff never leaves the store. Your precious treasured heirlooms never leave the store. They have the Rolex trained watchmakers, full-time appraiser who's done work for the FBI and the BCA. I don't know. Maybe they'll tell you you got stolen stuff. I don't know. No, they won't do that. And if you mention that you heard this on the GL podcast, they'll replace your watch battery at no charge. Mother's Day is what? 
a week from this Sunday? Or coming up shortly. Mother's Day, is, Mother's Day is coming up shortly. Get get mom something that lasts longer than a you know an egg dish at the brunch, right? Right, right. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, and a great, great website at rfmoeller.com. Nice. I will make brunch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to crack the egg on a flat surface. <laughs> All right, now for something extremely sad. Oh. Bring me down Friday. From the failed academy. Mm. Sacramento, California is your dateline. Okay. That's the capital, the capital of California. Of California. Yeah. The California State Senate voted to ban schools and principals, to, to prevent schools and principals from suspending students for willful defiance of teachers, staff, and administrators. You have got to be kidding me. The Senate approved uh, Senate Bill 419 Monday by a vote of 30 to 8. It moves to the Assembly next. A similar bill was vetoed by Governor Jerry Brown. Under the new version, students in grades 4 through 8 would not be suspended for disrupting school activities or willfully defying school authorities, including teachers and staff. The bill would also ban schools from suspending students in grades 9 through 12 for the same thing. The uh, law would apply to both public and charter schools. Existing law already prohibits schools from suspending children in grades K-3 for disrupting or willful defiance. Existing law also prevents schools from recommending the expulsion of students for, uh, of all grades for disrupting or willful defiance. Students could still be suspended or expelled for other acts, including threatening violence, bringing a weapon or drugs to school, or damaging school property. Teachers could still be allowed to suspend pupils from class for the day and the following day who disrupt school activities or otherwise willfully defied valid authority of supervisors, teachers, administrators, and school officials. As part of the new bill, superintendents or principals would be asked to provide alternatives to suspension or expulsion that are age-appropriate and designed to address and correct the pupil's specific misbehavior. Research has shown the category of willful defiance was disproportionately used to discipline minority students, specifically African Americans. Well, maybe that's because those kids were more willfully defiant. Right. In the 2015-16 school year, 96,421 students suspended for willful defiance, a decrease of nearly 30,000 from the 2014-15 school year, uh, accounted for 24% of uh, total suspension statewide. Willful defiance is... Uh, uh, and the kids have already figured that out already, so they're, they're going to be loving this. This is another area where black parents <clears throat> have to push back. Quit doing me favors mm-hmm. well that's just it this what is do you think again this is this is condescending this is disingenuous this is pathetic this is saying of the black kids who are misbehaving because you are less than we're not going to suspend you we're not going to hold you to the same standards yeah. what? Oh, it, it's it's an outrage and black parents need to push back they're not gonna they're not gonna listen to a white podcast host Go to the school boards, black parents, and say, well, you idiots, quit doing me a favor. My kid is the equal of any kid in here. Mm -hmm. Why are you treating him or her differently? It's pathetic. You know what else this is? This is coming here. I guarantee. There's already a version of it here. God almighty. There's already a version of it here. Okay. The bill's author, Senator Nancy Skinner, 
shockingly enough, a Democrat, mm-hmm. previously talked about the need for the bill, saying, under this highly subjective category, students are sent to an empty home with no supervision and denied valuable instructional time for anything from failing to turn in homework, not paying attention, or refusing to follow directions, taking off a coat, hat, or swearing in class. Uh, well, I guess that'd, that'd be all right now, huh? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Anything but learn. Oh, all right. So we solved that one. Might have to get the lake detective on board next week. What do you got? Got another loose bog. Ooh. Got a loose bog up in the Brainerd area. Can you throw your, uh, just get a chopper out there and cut her yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, fire up the chopper. We're going to cut her out. You know, my idea was, <laughs> I, yeah. I guess the only flaw in my idea is that somehow the chopper would have to fly sideways. Yeah, you know, that yeah. could be complicated. We're talking about a bog broken free uh, uh, in the channel between Maine, Gilbert Lake, and Lake 3 in Crow Wing County. I don't like that. That sounds too Russian. Lake 3? Yeah, give me that. No, it sounds like a, a school in New York. Call it, uh, you know, ointment. They're right. ointment. Right. They're disease, Spotlight. infection, pus, no, right. name it, name blood. it Calhoun. Yeah, Calhoun. <laughs> right. It's a combination of bog material normally found near the lake and material from the channel. But right now, it's leaving room for only a canoe to get through the channel. Gilbert Lake Association President Todd Froming has scheduled a meeting at 7 o'clock tonight to wonder how they're going to deal with this loose bog. Last year, a four-acre bog broke off from the east shore of North Long Lake, lodging near the shoreline of the lake's Legionville School Patrol Safety Camp. But that one ultimately got uh, got removed, didn't it? I think they did bring in the chopper in that instance. <laughs> okay, my idea was they were having a hard time breaking up this bog. Oh, this is right. one of your like best Bernie Sanders ever. on a... And I had apparently just seen, uh, however unintentionally, uh, on TV, uh, helicopters trimming pine trees... Uh, to make way for uh, the uh, establishment of a power line trail. Mm-hmm. And they would come through, and they had some kind of circular saw. And they were cutting the... And I said, take that up to the bog. Figure out how to attach the saw. Slice it like a pizza. Exactly. Exactly. Boom, run it right through. And, 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 you know, it didn't get anywhere. That idea didn't get anywhere. Giant saw! <laughs> Call the Giant Saw Store <laughs> to remove your bog. Call the Giant Saw Department. Department. Hey, why get the, the, uh, get the hey, bog. help to be with this bog here. Let's uh, come back with a scramble, shall yes, we? Yes, sir. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show. Good to have the scramble back, isn't music. it? Let's try to get the, the laughter correct. And the man is Joe Suchere. Here we are. <laughs> Get in my room. <laughs> Thank you. 
spot on, bro. You aren't doing it with me. Spot on. Yeah, I did. You, you have not been doing it I, with me. I, I, I swear to God, again. we were right on. One, two, three. <laughs> yes. We <laughs> just got it down. do it. Why, why, why are you? Let me hear crit- you do it. Do it. Well, no wonder I can't hear yours. Yeah. yeah. Why are you criticizing when we're spot on? <laughs> Okay. I suppose I got to get the molars, even though she ain't my mother. You know, she ain't my brother. Well, you got to get her a little something. RF Molar Jeweler, 15th and France, jewelry store, best jewelry stores in the business. Uh, Yeah, the twins will get in tonight. Tonight will be a good night at the yard. Uh, But tomorrow, uh, uh, the forecast is for slush. Slush. Which means they would have to play a doubleheader Sunday because I don't think the O's come to town again this year. I would think not. Isn't it weird? They're playing that. They're they're stuck in a rotation of playing Baltimore, Houston, Baltimore, Houston. Mm -hmm. One team, very good. The other team might be the worst in baseball. Boy, Verlander's good. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a good ball club in Houston. Mm -hmm. Twins won one last time, didn't we? Uh, Twins won the first game of the three games. And then lost two. And then lost two. Right. Dang. All right. Thank you, GLers. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy NFL draft weekend, boys. Well. Yeah, what are you doing for the draft tonight? I'm not. At the height of being a sports writer, I had a hard time paying attention to the draft. Let's go out for the draft tonight. What do you want to do? All I did is cost teams draft choices. Oh, God. That's all I thought about was, what if that happened today? See, if that did happen today, you would be in trouble. Back then, nobody knew that I... What I did is I reported that a player who wasn't supposed to be practicing with the team was practicing with the team. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Re- I didn't know what the rule was. <laughs> Bud forgave you. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Well, well, Maybe to your face. It took a while. <laughs> it took a while. All right, GLers, check out the podcast. All the podcasts we have done up to this point. If you're current and up to date, God bless you. If you're not, go to garagelogic.com. This is GL podcast version. Check out some of the extras we have online. You're going to love it. Garagelogic.com and rate us on Apple iTunes. See you next time.